2: Welcome to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider. I'm Tim Priester with Tim O'Malley from Irish Illustrated. We're joined once again after a hiatus by Pete Sampson, or with Pete Sampson here uh, from The Athletic. It's Monday, January 9th, and since our last podcast six days ago, a lot has happened to Notre Dame's roster. Sam Hartman, the quarterback at Wake Forest, will be the quarterback at Notre Dame in 2023. Thomas Harper, a nickel. We'll talk more about his role at Notre Dame, but a nickel slash safety from Oklahoma State will be on the Irish squad as well. Uh, as will DJ Brown. Last night, late last night, we found out uh that DJ Brown will be returning for a six-year, but one player that will not be is Justin Adamalola. Notre Dame really needed that defensive end to come back for the 2023 season. Like his twin Jason Adamalola, he will be entering his name uh in the draft. So um Tim O'Malley, let's start with you and your comments on Sam Hartman on the Notre Dame roster in 2023.
0: Yeah, it was one of the top-tier possible ads you could get at of the position. They needed absolutely needed to upgrade that position, and now uh, it's an enviable spot. Now, if Tyler Buckner remains in tow, as we currently expect, that's a quality backup coming off the bench for Sam Hartman. I think that Notre Dame, could, especially with another year to develop for Buckner, it'll be interesting to see how he handles the situation after the spring when the competition is officially flushed out as opposed to on paper, um, I think they really could use Buckner in this backup role. Otherwise, you're you're one snap away from having a worse quarterback situation than you had last year. So they really need to convince Buckner to stay. And I think the good news is, I don't know if we said it officially or not, Tim, Buckner gained a year of eligibility when the season ended because he only played three games. So there's reason to talk him into staying other than just being in school at Notre Dame is three years of eligibility left starting this season.
2: Pete, welcome back. Sam
1: uh, Yeah, I was following this news from the Mexican jungle where they had Wi-Fi um, somewhat inexplicably. Um, but, yeah, it was – the Notre Dame will now have a quarterback maybe the first time in a while where he will not be described as one-eleventh of the offense or just <laughs> do your job um, because that's not how college football or football – at the highest level works. Um, you can't have a quarterback just do their job or be one eleventh the offense and like score at a very high level. So I think Sam Hartman has a lot of not to get all 24 seven here, but like some dude qualities about him. Uh, I mean, he's got, so, I think he's somebody people will want to follow very quickly. Um, he's a 24 year old man. Um, there's a, there's a, I don't even know what there isn't to like about this i I like everything about it. Uh, I think at the athletic, he was our number one overall player in in the transfer portal. So I mean, Notre Dame hit it at a very, very high level here. It's um you know, it's Marcus Freeman, Tommy Reese, both of them got this done. I think it is a home run sort of undersells it,
2: yeah, I think it it uh you know, it puts Notre Dame's offense front and center. And we'll talk about the defense and some of the issues that they face. Uh, O'Malley and I talked about that, Pete, last week, um, the issues on the D-line and at safety. But offensively, this gives Sam Hartman, gives Notre Dame an opportunity to really up the ante in terms of scoring, total offense, balance of their offense. We have some questions in the second segment about how this is going to impact the running game. I just think it gives you a much better balanced offense. It makes the receivers better. He's going to play behind a much better offensive line. Again, we have questions about that, but Sam Hartman with his nearly 13,000 passing yards and 110 touchdown passes, which is an ACC record, and he has a chance. Uh, not sure he's not in the ACC anymore, I was going to say. He could, he well, will say, those count towards the record a when they play ACC say, teams? Yeah, Philip Rivers is the guy that uh, that has the most – passing yards in ACC history, but, uh, uh, no, those won't count, but huge for Notre Dame. This, you know, this isn't a surprise. We've been talking about this for weeks that we thought it was going to happen. Going into the announcement last week, we were locked and loaded and ready to make the announcement or ready to, uh, unleash all of our stories. Whenever there's a, a commitment to Notre Dame, whether it's high school, uh, a high school player or a transfer. And so it's huge for Notre Dame. Um, Thomas Harper. I don't want to overplay Thomas Harper, but I do want to give his due, uh, give the proper due to him. He's small, but man, the kid is a hitter. When you watch Thomas Harper play, nobody tries harder to bring an offensive player down than Thomas Harper. Now, a lot of times, you know, at five foot ten, five foot eleven, hundred and eighty pounds, he has to wrestle him to the ground. But this dude will fight and scratch and claw to get a guy to the ground, and I get a guy to the ground. And I, and I said this in the, in our film review, uh, that he, he, he almost plays too physical for his own good. He played in 48 games in four years. So obviously he was on the field a lot, but he missed five games in in, in 2022. And I don't believe he played in the Fiesta bowl. So it must've been an injury situation because he was an integral part of their special teams right from the beginning. So I like him a lot. I hope he can get through a season because he's so, Physical Notre Dame uh, wants him as a corner. He's listed as a safe, or I'm sorry, as a nickel. Uh, he's listed as a safety nickel, but I think Notre Dame's role for him is is nickel, especially in light of the loss of Tariq Bracey who was really mostly terrific for the last two seasons at nickel.
0: Yeah, he's a different kind of nickel, but um I mean, if you look a little closer, too he he allowed 5.4 yards per catch this year in a half a year playing he allowed only nine points something the previous season playing a lot over the slot in the box they line him up in a few different places that's a good number um now Tariq Bracey as good as he was he was actually underrated in terms of how he played the short screen pass and played the run he was tremendous against it so just because he's physical I don't know if it's a massive upgrade in, in terms of playing the run and playing those screen passes but he'll be he'll be good at that as well the best thing about him Tim is I still think that puts them in a four-man rotation at safety and a four-man rotation at corner, which is good when you don't have great players. They don't have great safeties. They have D.J. Brown, who knows what he's doing. We probably don't give him enough credit, Tim and I, when we when our top 40 comes out here Um I almost didn't have him in my top 40, so that would be me not giving him <laughs> no credit.
2: He made um, it. After last night's announcement, he he made it. But I think, you know, he was the number four tackler on the team, and I realized a lot of those times.
0: Yeah, and I don't even mean – I just mean like we don't know every time the ball does not go 25 yards down the field right. because he's there. So and and I've he's always not said that better than – the he's better not be better than Adon Schuler's is going to be, but he's better than he would be this year when there's giant checks to be made in – when you're playing against Ohio state and Clemson and USC and DJ Brown actually knows the check. So not to get off topic, but DJ Brown's a topic, right? DJ Brown and Harper are back because of that. They have four safeties plus the freshman.
2: Well, and right. I think I, let me just interject this, Pete. I apologize. DJ, Brown the frustrating part with DJ Brown is the missed tackles. And then yes. the missed opportunities on interceptions, which again, if you go back to the early days, when he first started making contributions, he, he had opportunities at interceptions in his first couple of games, didn't get them, and in the last game of the 2022 season, that clearly should have been a pick. Tough, tough, a little bit tough, uh, but but clearly should have made the pick against South Carolina. So that part's frustrating. Uh, I started to say he's number four on the team in tackles, and a lot of time, a lot of times, tackle totals for yeah. guys in the secondary means they're you know they're making a they're making a tackle after a catch, but. That is the life of a safety and he needs to be a better tackler. I don't think that DJ Brown elevates Nordame's safety position, but it stabilizes it. it would be the it would be yeah, yeah. I think the best way to say that, Pete. Yeah. Because it's
1: like he's playing, he's filling a a void that wasn't going to be filled. You know, right. it's, it's essentially like he's filling an open scholarship in a lot of ways. Like, Schuler or Mint Minich, I mean, they were not going to come in and play right away. Um, so you know, to get him with Harper, who's played he's you know, 1458 career snaps at Oklahoma State, like he's seen some things, you know, at least at the beginning of the season, maybe maybe Shuler shows up in November. I don't I'm not really sure. I mean, I don't think anyone knows, but like you give yourself a grace period uh, at a minimum, and at a maximum, maybe you DJ Brown rediscovers the form that he showed in the second half of the twenty twenty one season. Where when Kyle Hamilton went down, we're like, "Oh man, well that's it for the secondary." And well, no, actually, DJ Brown played really well. No, you're right up until you're the bowl game. Right. Um, so he's, you know, has he made a ton of plays? No, but like he's definitely stop plays from being made, which is hard to evaluate with a safety. Um so yeah, it's I think it's somebody who helps both these guys help your defense. Um uh, but if Sam Hartman is a home run, these guys are like line drive singles.
2: Yeah. And I would like to throw in Hillman, an uh, incoming freshman who again he's going to have so much to learn about the safety position, but his his skill set is really exceptional. If he's a really really quick study he might be a guy that can help right away. But yeah, I, you know, Melly and I have probably underestimated DJ Brown and it does. It's helps stabilize an area that is not stable right now. I'm
0: glad Pete brought up last year because, yep. and when yep. you and yep. I were going back and forth, I'm like, I just, cause I, I literally, when I did other than Michael Mayer, when I did my list, I adhered to what I tracked during the year, the drive MVP stuff. If I, after two film reviews in a game, I wrote down if you were a key player on a drive every single time. DJ Brown's name only appeared four times. So I adhered to that when I was doing my listing. Now, the year before, it was twice that many in half the amount of games played. I so knew. he did have a better year last year or in 2021. And I think Notre Dame, obviously, Notre Dame's coaches know they can get a little bit more out of him. And it's it's the weirdest no-brainer that it's not a big deal at all that DJ Brown comes back, but it's a no-brainer that DJ Brown comes back. You just don't have. You don't have developed people there because you say, well, Watson Henderson need to start. Okay. Well, what happens when Henderson is in game six and he's worn down a little bit?
2: Well, Watts needs to start.
0: Yeah. Well, Watts is a huge hitter that could get hurt too. What happens when Watts' shoulder comes out for one game because he drills someone? I mean, you need depth and DJ Brown provides that coming back.
2: And you know, one of the things, again, I don't want to, I don't want to overplay this either, but one of the things that we don't take into account and many times don't know you know, I mean, okay, D.J. Brown had a, had a very good second half of 2021. Maybe in 22 he was nicked up and he was playing nicked up the whole time. You know, we don't always know those kind of things either. But um, anyway, it, it, it's it's helped stabilize the back end of the defense. They still need help in the portal. We'll talk about that in the segment, segment, second segment of questions. Last thing or last player we want to talk about here in segment one is – Justin Adam Alola and Notre Dame really needed him to come back and play defensive end and start a defensive end and give them the consistency. He's never been a world beater, um, but he was a consistent presence for them and a guy that you knew was going to play his butt off every time he went out there. And it's a blow not having him come back and turning pro. I, I kind of sense that you know, two twins. I think they've they've done the same thing their entire lives together. And Jason obviously was going pro and Justin ultimately made that decision as well.
0: Very quickly, if you need DJ Brown back for depth, you needed Justin Edamolola back for starter and depth. That's a big deal. He uh he was I think sixth on the defense in snaps last year, even though he was technically started out as Isaiah Foskey's backup. They played they played Justin Edamula a lot. And uh, they're not. It's not a shocking development, but it's an extremely unfortunate one because I, you needed a bunch of solid dudes up there, solid guys up there, because they don't have Fosky and they don't have dudes on the defensive end. Now Jordan Patello, boy, was he a holy cow! Was he productive per snap? But it gets harder when you have to play every down.
1: Yeah, that that sort of the storyline with Justin Edible it was confusing to me because um, I think that the three of us felt like Notre Dame needed to have him back, but I don't think Notre Dame felt like Notre Dame
2: needed. To How have is that him back. possible? How is that possible?
1: I don't know. Maybe they know more things than we do.
2: Well, I'm maybe not sure. maybe maybe Josh Burnham is about ready to explode. Maybe Aiden Gabira is ready to uh, make a consistent contribution. Tyson Ford, I you know, Aaron's I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I if, if,
0: if that's true, maybe they should let those guys try to beat out 23-year-old Justin Adamo on their football team, and then they can make the contribution.
2: <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's how we look at it, but, um, uh, you know, obviously they're up close to it. But I don't know how you can afford to not, not really recruit him to stay, and it doesn't – we'll get me into more of that in the second segment of questions about that. But uh, it, didn't, it doesn't – on the outside looking in, it doesn't seem like uh, that they – did everything they could to, to, to get him back. And uh, they continue to chase prospects in the transfer portal moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, we'll come back in segment two for burning up the boards. This is Mike Brown, former Notre Dame leprechaun, here to share the Leprechaun's Game Day at Notre Dame, an officially licensed children's book that celebrates the magic of a football Saturday at Notre Dame. Follow me on an adventure from step off under the Golden Dome to ND Stadium with this perfect gift
1: for fighting Irish fans. Visit www.lepgameday.com and enter Irish to get your author signed copy today. Go
0: Irish! Here's another Irish tale from Do Dublin at DoDublin.ie In
1: 1916, Irish rebel forces have taken up position on the north side of Dublin's St Stephen's Green Park. They exchange fire with the British to the south. Suddenly, a man enters the park with a brown bag above his head. Both sides cease fire. The park's groundskeeper has come to feed the ducks. For the next six days, there is a daily cease fire so the ducks can be fed. Learn more when you do Dublin with Do Dublin Tours.
0: Segment two of burning out the boards, our first question comes from Rich Irish32. Many posters think adding Hartman leads to more receiver transfers that Notre Dame will become pass happy. I can't see this coming to fruition. Do you guys see Tommy Reese leaning to the pass more than rushing than running the football? The backfield is too talented to take carries away from them and opportunities away from them.
2: Well, I don't, you know, I don't think they necessarily lean more toward the pass. What I think happens is that when in doubt, you don't hesitate to throw the football like you would you know, throughout the 2022 season. Now, I think they'll throw more, but yeah, they have great running backs. They have the potential for a, you know, I, I hear a lot of people talk about the offensive line and it's going to be great. It, it will be, it has chance to be very good, but you are replacing two really, really. I mean, I thought Jerry Patterson had a great year and I thought Josh Lug, we addressed this last Tuesday. I thought he had a very good second half three quarters, of the season, but you're going to have to replace those guys with, with young people. But now to answer the question, I mean, I don't, I don't think you're necessarily taking carries away from the running backs. Uh, You know, Marcus Freeman, O-line D-line driven, that, that hasn't changed. But with Sam Hartman, you don't hesitate for a moment to throw the football whenever you want to or need to.
1: You could be O-line driven and use that as pass protection. I mean mm-hmm. that, that counts too. I mean, Notre Dame was a hundred tenth nationally in pass attempts. So there's there's a lot of up leeway movement there, isn't there. it? <laughs> it's not like they were throwing it 50 times a game and like, will they throw it 60 times a game? Like Notre Dame didn't have a great pass offense. Um they didn't have a prolific pass offense. And now I think that they could have both. So it's maybe they'll play more up tempo, but if Also, you don't have Michael Mayer to take up a lot of those targets too. So you're spreading it around more, but I would like to see them run the ball less than they did this year because they're going to be a hell of a lot better throwing it than they were last year.
0: It's, I think they'll run a little, I, as you said, they're 110th. They will run less because they were 110th in pass targets. So a good, a good team will be passing more than that. I don't get the first part of the question about bringing wide receivers and going pass happy. I think you're, You should need to bring in wide receivers because you can't rely on four freshmen in case you get some injuries at wide receiver. Those guys might be really good right away. I don't know which freshman will be really good, but Tobias Merriweather I thought would catch 25 passes this year at this time in last year's looking at the depth chart with six total wide receivers at the time. I thought Tobias Merriweather would catch 25 passes. He caught one. So I don't know what these four receivers are going to do. Bring in another wide receiver target is absolutely a good thing to do just stack talent on top of talent it's okay to stack veteran talent instead of freshman talent there's a story on the site right now by kevin sinclair about stacking talent let's stack transfer portal talent it's proven it's good they're not going to go away they're definitely not going to go away from the running game but you have a guy that can hit the ball down the field much better than tyler buckner or drew pine
2: yeah, with regard to Merriweather, Tim, you, 20, you thought twenty-five catches. He only had eight targets, and he only caught one pass. Yeah, so I mean,
0: in, in, in <laughs> a year where I'm sure part of it was they didn't throw that much, as Pete said, and the quarterbacks weren't great. But wh- who knows what's going to happen to what, is it with four freshman wide receivers? When you have Thomas, Colsey, Caleb Smith, Merriweather, perhaps Styles, then you have four freshmen. I'd I'd like to have one more veteran in there. I know Salerno's back, but he's not a big part of the passing game. He's a part yeah. of the running game. Um, I'd like to have one more receiver come in. If
2: anything Salerno will be less prominent. Yeah,
0: I think he, I think yeah. he was, if you go back and look at touchdowns, he's there blocking a lot. Yeah. But you can play him in third and two as your blocking receiver instead of Merriweather, those type well, of things.
2: All right. Let's put it this way I don't, I don't think scan offense will be necessary in 2023 <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. with, with, with Sam Hartman as your quarterback. So you throw it five to seven times more per game you know may you probably get you you're, you're probably you're going to have more snaps per game and over the course of the season because you're going to be a more productive overall offense so i'm not worried about balance that that the the balance is built in with sam hartman's arrival two or three really good running backs and then hopefully they can find answers at at offensive guard and we talked about this last week if you can find a starting offensive guard you can bring in bring him in yeah uh, bring him in too i
0: I think i mean think about this the the gator bowl was there's 80 snaps that's way more than notre dame has had recently um most games i mean and they threw 32 33 times uh 34 times if you count david sherwood's ability to connect on deep passes on fourth down that's a big one um that's that's right like 33 would be great with sam hartman all the time because they are they are going to run the ball you have you have digs estimate and as far as we know, Ty digs estimate price.
2: Yeah. And you won't, you're not going to have to, you know, time of possession shouldn't be nearly as important as it yeah. was in most games. You're just going to view this differently than you did this past year. And I don't think it's going to be anything that you're going to be saying, wow, they're really throwing it way more than they used to. You should be good in both areas. So you accentuate right. both areas, you should score more points. And again, talking about the defense, They're probably going to have to score more points. You know, in twenty twenty one, Wake Forest averaged forty one points per game with Sam Hartman as their quarterback.
1: Yeah, I would just say if if they averaged thirty three pass attempts per game, so that'd be three hundred ninety for the season, then they would get all the way up to seventy sixth nationally in pass attempts per game. So it's not; they're a long way away from just chuck it all over the place just because they got Sam Hartman. I mean, Wake Forest had 473 pass attempts this season. I don't think Sam Hartman is going to throw it nearly that much.
2: Nor, do, nor will it be necessary. Yeah, there's a happy meeting there. Question from Dashing Domer. Would you expect Hartman's completion percentage and number of, of interceptions thrown to improve in Notre Dame's offense? If so, to what extent?
0: Completion percentage. I don't care about I, I expect it'll improve mildly, but I don't care about it as much as long as the, the yards per attempt indicate that they and are I, attacking downfield. I
2: agree like with it. you, Tim. Yeah. Uh,
0: this he's it. This is not going to be, I hope this is not an offense where Sam Hartman's out there completing 70% of his passes because it remains horizontal and things like that. I, I don't want to watch that. So I'm just being selfish. I, if you have a quarterback that throws the ball downfield, well, like Sam Hartman and his Priester has pointed out back shoulder throws really well. In Sam Hartman, and you have Colsey and Merriweather, and these guys coming up in the program. I want the throws downfield, I, the mid-range and depth throws where Pete will show us the chart with Pine and Buckner and all those things. It should look a lot different, Pete, than seventy uh, percent of the completions being within three yards of scrimmage.
1: I don't. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to be tracking uh, yard, air yards of target, and coming up with like a zero point six.
0: <laughs> what game was that? What, what game? Cal. Oh.
1: Yeah. And, but I mean, that's the other thing with Sam Hartman is just like, if Notre Dame tried to play that way, that would be fine. He would, he would have finished 21 of 21 in that game. You know, it's like, he's not going to overshoot Michael Mayer. He's not going to throw the ball at Lorenzo Styles' ankles, like any incompletions you would have would have been drops. So it's, I want to see them push the ball. Vert- I want to see, uh, more of like a Tyler Buckner style game where you're, you're chucking it. Um and if you throw like maybe not with the two pick sixes and the three picks overall, but be aggressive with the football. Um, so like and that's the thing. It's like Sam Hartman will have multi-pick games for Notre Dame this season. That's that's just how
2: he plays. That's the uh, kind of quarterback he is, yes. I mean he, Notre
1: Dame a- may no, I think Notre Dame's gonna have to take that risk in part, probably because we're gonna talk about in a minute, the defense is the the defense is not going to hold them in games the way that it did last season. So Sam Hartman's going to have to be the one that holds them in games. He's going to have to be aggressive with the ball.
2: Yeah. When I say that that's how he is, he thinks he can make the throw. And so sometimes he's going to, and again, he throw he throws such a catchable ball and a back shoulder throw. If the DB plays it well, it's you know, you're gonna you're gonna get some pick. But I think, and maybe I'm partly responsible for this and talking about his stats, he's a 59% career passer. But he was sixty three percent this year. I think that's more pertinent than than the career mark. What has he done lately? He was a sixty three percent passer. Um, he's he's certainly going to have way more time to throw the football. I mean, there's just there's there's no doubt about that. I, Wake Forest was in the ranked in the one hundreds in sacks allowed in each of, in every year that he played at Wake Forest. So. He's going to have more to with those two tackles. He's going to have more time to throw the right. football, the deep ball. Tim and I, Tim, you and I have talked about. You know, I think it's and and as you said, Pete, you're not going to be tracking how you know how far the ball go travels through the air. He's going to throw the ball downfield with big receivers back shoulder throws. They can still run the football. I think he's more of a 63% passer than 59% passer. Um, yeah everything the arrow is pointing up here
0: next from irish cfb 747 with hartman coming in do you see a true quarterback competition occurring between he and buckner or is hartman starting a foregone conclusion i find it interesting the staff opted for a dual threat in 22 and then went out and got an arm in the portal
2: well that arm that they got in the portal had 11 rushing touchdowns in yeah, 2021 can... so it's not like he's i mean he's not buckner buckner's a sensational runner of the football um let's what you're I mean no there there isn't a competition here I I, nor do you want one I mean nor do you want I mean I guess you do for Tyler Buckner you want to keep him engaged and I don't know is there is there I mean there's a competition
0: for Marcus Freeman and Tommy Reese because if if Tyler Buckner comes out and is twice the quarterback Sam Hartman is in the spring if I just said if if Tyler Buckner just looks a way better than they're going to carry then the, think, I'm, I'm just saying what if that happens <laughs> then there's a competition like you can't it, No. whenever we say there's no competition it's like there's there's still a competition I mean if Justin Walters l- looked better than Kyle Hamilton in year two they wouldn't be like well I didn't like him so he's not playing it if Taylor Buckner does a 180 as a passer and runs like he does. They're going to be looking like well, we have a problem. I, I
2: agree. And Tyler yep. Buckner uh, threw an interception once every sixteen passes, yes, and
0: I, I think so, that's why t- Sam Hartman's here because they don't want Tyler <laughs> Buckner to be the starter
2: next year. Over him, Hartman's percentage is like once every 38, 38 throws. So again, it's now. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you want to keep you want to keep Buckner engaged, and I don't know. Is there an occasion where you, there's a package for Buckner? I don't really know why there would have to be. Um. But, you know, I wouldn't, I, I, you know, I, you'd, you'd still like to see Buckner. He was again, sensational running the football. He was, And I thought Tommy Reese did a great job of calling his number when it was most appropriate to run it.
0: I want to ask you both. What is, cause I wrote about this a month ago before they got Hartman when we figured they were going to get Hartman. What is your selling point to Tyler Buckner as Reese and Freeman? And if you're Tyler Buckner, what resonates with you and what doesn't in terms of staying to back up Sam Hartman? and then having a chance to start your senior year
2: well two years with with two he goes into the next season with three years of eligibility so there's two years of starting definitely waiting for them if he can go out and beat out he's got to beat out minchie and Carr, a true freshman at that point
0: so do you you, do you accept that when you're sold that as buckner
2: i you know i it's tough i i you know i I mean here's a guy that he won the starting job this year and and you're going to tell them we're going to bring That's Sam Hartman right. I uh, it, it is difficult. Uh, he could walk into a starting job somewhere else in 2023 today. It wouldn't be a probably wouldn't be a very good wouldn't be a team projected to be at the very top of a conference at the end of the season, but I don't know. I hope he stays. I want him to stay. I want him yeah, to meet, me too. But I'm to trying to put your, I'm putting myself
0: in Buckner's team. shoes. So NIL money helps uh Pete, what happened? How do I sell you Tyler Buckner on staying?
1: Oh uh, man, it's, you know what, his sister's coming here to play soccer. Like it's, you know, there's, there's gotta be more to it than just the mercenary. Am I playing or not playing? Um, So it's gotta be the extra stuff. Um, you know, family stuff, uh, working towards your degree stuff. Um, you know, Hey, do you, uh, do you make a promise to Tyler Buckner that you're not going to take a portal quarterback next year? You'd probably I would want to know that if I was him. Yeah, um, that's a. Are you good, willing to make? Are you willing to say that if you're Marcus Freeman?
0: It's a promise you can make. You're going to lose one of your other quarterbacks with Carr coming in. You're not going to have Carr, Minchie, Buckner, and Jelly on the team for 2024. So, you, can you tell him I'm not bringing a quarterback to start? You're our starter. I want. Yeah. I I might want some depth.
2: At that point, Mincy's in his second year, and cars is on okay, board. You so can just go with so that, you can that, probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're 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 going to be the starter in twenty four unless you lose the job, unless you just you lose it.
1: Yeah, it's so it, it at that point it's like how much does Tyler Buckner enjoy Notre Dame, not just Notre Dame football? Um, you know, so that's a I don't know, it's a tough question to answer. Um, you know, I think
0: it's easy to stay in January through the spring, don't you? Because you're going to be here getting your great. You want to get your, you want to get everything.
1: Yeah, anyway. I mean, may, yeah. maybe Tyler Buckner and Sam Hartman don't hit it off for some reason. Like I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. But like, you know, if if Tyler Buckner's like, I'm just hitting pause on my career. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not being developed here all of a sudden. Like then, you know, maybe you'd have a different opinion of it. I don't think that will happen. Like it should. I'm not saying this is an easy sell to make, but it's almost an easy sell to make if you're Notre Dame. You, have, you still have a helps, lot right? to offer if Buckner is sort of of you know, the mindset, yeah, I want to be here. How can we make this work for me?
2: And just to remind everybody, you know, I think we have, we, of course, we have a tendency to just focus on Notre Dame and their issues. And there are schools all across the country that are dealing with this kind of issue. Some are a little bit different than others, but I mean transfer portal quarterbacks are coming in, and it, it's it's going to be difficult for for most teams to hold on to their talent and and to try to convince a kid to be patient, your time's coming. That's where NIL comes in, especially yes. NIL for a quarterback that you project as your starter in 24. Question for Mother Tucker One: Where does Nordame stand in the portal with areas of high need, including defensive end, defensive tackle? Safety, when do we start getting nervous? It's a time question, guys. Love
0: the timings. Um, I mean, I'd be nervous about the defensive line. We kind of outlined safety, has four players now, corner has four plus Christian gray, who you would think could become a I mean, Jaden Mickey played a lot of snaps. You would think Christian Gray could play a lot of snaps for Notre Dame next year. Does it move Clarence Lewis? The only way Clarence Lewis move oh, and they do like Chance Tucker. Um, we should we should point that out. The only way Clarence Lewis moves is a if he can do the job at safety. He should get a look. Clarence Lewis should get a look at safety. Cuz if you have Christian Gray coming in and Mickey progresses that's the other way. He has to Mickey has to progress. They have to see in the spring, Jaden Mickey's better than he was as a true freshman. Which I think he will be.
1: Yeah, I think the defensive back they're fine. Yeah, for, for now. This, I mean, there's you, like you'd there's take nothing a
0: safety that starts if if you could Yeah.
1: There's they're okay at defensive back. Um, you know, maybe they can reassess after spring practice, but for now, I think they're good. Um, defensive line, I wouldn't say that. Um, I don't, I generally, as a rule, don't get nervous about next season on January 9th, but um, maybe something happens in spring practice with Patello, Ford, Ahrensberger, Uh I mean, the, you, there are young guys, Burnham, Gobyra, that maybe they look at and be like, oh, hey, we, we like the track that we're on here. This guy can be a contributor, 12, 15 snaps a game. Or maybe something happens in the spring that are like, whoa, okay, we're not where we need to be here. The portal opens again in the summer. You can take somebody then. Um,
2: can you, afford you know, to, Can you afford to do that? Can you afford to wait that long? Because, I mean, you're mentioning all these young guys I mean, physically, are they... Yeah, are they it's not a young player hold position. Up? <laughs> are it's they not a young player position. Hold up, You know, I, I can't sit here and tell you. I know everything about the 12 upcoming opponents. Uh, by the way, Notre Dame will be facing Brennan Armstrong next year. And Robert and I. See, you could drive to see him, Tim, uh, you need And to. Phil Jacoby. Yeah, that's true. Which will make things interesting. Yeah, you know, the def, the defensive line, Bothroyd from... Uh, Wake Forest chose Oklahoma, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, You know, I keep hearing different opinions, mainly on our message board about Bryce Vaughn's a defensive end from Utah State. You can't tell me that Notre Dame can afford not to go get that guy. I, I know he had one and a half sacks. I don't know. Maybe he had no help along the defensive line and got double teamed all year. I don't know. What I do know is when I see him come off the snap of the ball, looks like there's some promise there. So, you have to go try to get him. You need pass I, rushers.
0: But needs a tag teammate in that spot. He will. Yeah. Die. Yeah. He's 117 snaps, I think. Now, I, once again, that dude made plays. If you include, special I mean, you I mean, can't
2: emphasize enough how important it is that Jordan Batella becomes a significant presence week after week after week it's right. right there for him man still it's think he's clear. better off
0: not playing Fosky number snaps and has a teammate that helps him out at that
2: position. well no no i mean granted yeah you can't go from this to that that quickly but I, but you know i'm talking about he needs to be oh, he yeah. can't he can't disappear for four games at a time because he's not assignment correct or whatever the reason all the reasons were that he has not been on the field more frequently.
0: He had a good day in the Gator Bowl, didn't you think? And Simon Hughes, he, was home, he Yeah, home. No, I, yeah, but he, absolutely. He absolutely.
2: I, I, but he will now be entering his fourth year in a the program. They need a consistent Jordan Battella. I agree. You can't take Foskey snaps or, or anything along those lines. Uh, probably not even Justin Adam Alola snaps. But, yeah, they need him. Uh, Anthony Lucas, his situation coming out of Texas A&M is just, it's not a realistic expectation to come for him to come to Notre Dame, correct? Would you agree with me?
0: I would just hide under a bunch of coats and hope the problem goes away and let him come in. <laughs> Good, Pete. Yeah,
1: I don't know. Uh, I saw I dropped. It's yeah. It did, That does not. That does not project well in recruiting when you're going at Texas A&M. I'm not sure why it would project well when you're going in the transfer portal and looking at a guy from
2: Texas A&M. What about a Gofu? Does he want to come back? Do you want him back? And he is—is is he any more impactful than Nano Mensa, Who I don't. Uh, speaking of another guy that they really need to take a step up, but I don't know that he has the skill set to really take a huge step up.
0: I mean, the best guy that could have helped Osafo Mensa was Justin Edmioola, being his tag teammate. That one's already gone. That was—that was a really nice-looking strong sign for me. Um, I don't know. The Gofu thing is weird. It'd just be weird to come back. It's happened before. We talked about it. Who's the quarterback in the 80s? Was it Karcher? Who would I, I talk about this?
2: Everything's weird, Tim. Tyler a grooms, was yeah. a redshirt. <laughs> went from a sophomore to a redshirt freshman. That was awesome. Over the course Overnight. of the whole game. I, I, it's, it's craziest. It's uh, strange. Uh,
0: I don't know. If if he wants to come back, he's a sixth-year player that would help Jordan Batello, But he's not. I don't think he's better than Botello.
2: No, but a tag team. No, I know. It's, about
0: a tag team, they put themselves in this position where they they have some young guys there, but those young guys are theoretical. Every guy you name yeah. is theoretical. If you're saying, well, Burnham's going to help, Gobira's going to help, they were scout team players.
1: Among so the, know, I, I don't over them. I don't know among the uh, freshmen who are early enrollees on the defensive line.
2: Oh God, Kevin sent us
1: Sinclair. Yeah, sent
0: us I got a list here. So you but got that handy? You guys talk through uh, bad radio here, and then we'll have it. <laughs> Uh, On the defensive line, just Houston and Bowen. Drake Bowen's a guy that he's physically and mentally
2: linebacker. So so Houston's the only defensive. Oh no,
0: yeah, I was thinking Vernon. So only only Houston. Yeah, I was thinking of Vernon when I said Drake Bowen. I was thinking of Vernon.
2: Speaking Hmm. of Brandon Vernon, (laughs) that kid looks pretty good physically. Wish he was coming in early, but I get it. That's what I do too. I get why he he's not, but by the time he arrives this summer, physically, that could be a guy that maybe you can look, they've been played, played, they've played freshman defensive linemen here in recent years. Maybe Brendan Vernon can be one of those guys. I don't know. I mean, they probably need a more inside than outside, but I don't know. They need them both, but physically if you looked at the stuff from the, from the all-star game that Tom Loy was at all week. Um, looks pretty good i also think mentally he looks pretty good yeah i agree i you watch interviews with Brennan vernon i like where his head is he's a very confident guy and you know doesn't expect anything handed to him fully expects to have to come in and prove himself love those kind of kids uh i'm getting my hopes up man i'm getting my hopes up about so much so
0: that i turned him into drake bowen when i was reading that was (laughs)
2: I, I'm getting my hopes up that when he that he comes in and as a guy that you can play, you know, what are we talking about again 12, 15 snaps. If he's better than that fantastic. Uh, a couple more defensive line questions Indy squid 23 L Washington is taking some heat on the boards. What is your assessment of Washington as a D line coach both as a recruiter and a developer talent at the position.
0: The recruiting thing is tough because I don't think Al Washington is why Keon Keely is not at Notre Dame. Right. So I wouldn't go that way. I, I like the four. I like the four players they brought in on the defensive line in his first haul. Um, I had Notre Dame's defensive line as its number one unit by a wide margin coming into the season, and I absolutely did not have that to be the case exiting the season.
1: Yeah, I thought it was a recruiter. Good job. Yep. Um, I like Triori a lot. I think, do too, too. you know Vernon I think is got a chance to be very very good, so it's yeah that was a it was a good defensive line class um as a developer of the position you know did it was fosky a dominant player this year sometimes um you know Riley mills seasons was was not what I expected at all, so i I don't know. It the I I I would agree with what O'Malley said. I think the defensive line looked better at the beginning of the season than it did at the end.
2: Um I would say that Osafa Mensa improved again more so first half of the year than second. I don't know if that's fair or not. Uh Rubio I, did, yeah. I mean I, I, Ru- I, Rubio was a consistent contributor, right Tim? He was, he said he was. Productivity per snap was 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 really good so I want to be fair about this I'm not sure that we can I don't think that we can fully judge L Washington as a defensive line developer after one year but
0: next January when we see Gobira, Burnham Tui Halamaka and these guys we can a little bit I I
2: was gonna say but I share some of the the same concerns um I do you know no I I don't really know what's fair to, to be honest and What I mean, the basis of everything we do at Irish Illustrated is to tell the truth and to be fair in doing it.
0: I I also, I mean, I know Foskey was not um, the Justin Tuck, Allen Page defensive end we were kind of hoping for this year. But other than not forcing all the fumbles, (laughs) he forced six fumbles two years ago. That's incredible. He did have 14 tackles for loss. That's the most since Sheldon Day had 15 and a half, seven years prior. He finished second in drive MVPs for me to Bertrand by one. And he led the team in sacks, tackles for loss, block punts, and quarterback hurries. He just wasn't he was not a complete game wrecker ten times like you thought he would be.
2: Yeah. Uh, one more D line. Anything else on that guys? So okay, one more D line question. We'll move on to some other things, and that is from Maltese Irish. As I mentioned in segment one, can you provide any insight on Justin Adam Alose's decision to leave and/or Aiden Kanaan's status? Both injury wise and transfer rumblings. <coughs> Excuse me.
0: The Adam Alola thing will always be confusing. Um, I, I think there was not a hard enough full court press to get him back. Maybe there's an assumption he's leaving because he's a six year player and his brother's leaving. And he's also, you know, Justin Adamiola, I think, will play in the NFL, but as an undrafted free agent. And if Justin Adamiola came back to Notre Dame, he would play in the NFL as an undrafted free agent after next season. That could have been his deciding factor. He gets a grade back, and they're like, your grade is stay in school. Well, I'm a sixth-year senior. Maybe my grade... Maybe Next my year, his grade would have been
1: stay in school.
0: You're <laughs> right. It would have been the exact same thing. Um, but I think he'd be better off in Notre Dame uniform, and I think they could have had Justin Adamiola back, is the best way to say it. Full-court press, I think Justin Adamiela is back in Notre Dame.
2: Pete. Hey.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Aiden and I know like
1: still here. Um, I think that he probably will battle to like go through spring and be like, I can do this. Um, but you know, coming back from the ACL, that was that the that was like the first spring practice,
0: right? It was very I mean, early I don't, at least. I don't,
2: I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a physical issue unless he's had a setback, unless he had a setback in November. I don't, I don't think no, just, there's an like, no issue with him.
1: I I think to have a year removed from the ACL, going into spring practice and like cut it loose and show what you got. Um, that's I think that's just sort of where things stand. He's he's a a younger player with who hasn't played a lot um, at a position where they have. I think not a ton of guys similar to him, but you know we're not talking about somebody who's six foot five with a huge reach, like he's kind of a, kind of a straight nose. So it's, um, he's, I think he goes into spring with probably a lot to prove.
2: They need a straight nose. They need, I mean, I just don't, O'Malley and I talked about this last week, Pete. I I just don't, I, I, I don't know why you think you can afford to do without him. Um,
0: I, I don't think he, you can. I, I think I, it's totally false. I don't think you can. I don't think you can do without it K I, I right now.
2: Yeah. I, you know, he won,
0: he won the job. He won a, over he Romeo, won won he a
2: goal line job yeah. two springs ago. Yeah. Uh, I hope he comes back. That's my perspective on it. And Benny boy, why do you think the bottom of the depth chart players in Nordame are still here rather than hitting the transfer portal? Now I'm going to, I'm going to throw some names out here. We've kind of like avoided saying them, but you know, guys that are in that position that are heading into their junior year that haven't made an impact. Justin Walters, Philip Riley, Tucker. We know that he's been elevated and they like Ryan Barnes Schweitzer, who's had some injuries, Carmody, certainly Caleb Johnson. Um, Certainly Rocco Spindler falls into that category. Tosh Baker the
0: backup, the backup specialist too. You're not going to have,
2: right. Why, why specialist. are they, what, why haven't they entered their names in the portal yet? Or are they, I mean, it's a legitimate question.
0: It is a legitimate question, but I think it, it's not like they're, I mean, Sam Hartman just went to Notre Dame. He's the number one, he's the athletics number one ranked player in the whole portal. These are not obvious landing spots for these guys right now, either. I think you could vet your, vet where you're going to go. You should be prudent about it. Vet where you're going to go. Give yourself some options. You could also stay in school at Notre Dame for a semester.
2: Well, they Okay, to be fair. Okay, their names aren't in the portal, but they probably have a pretty good idea of who would be interested in them.
0: I I think. I'm surprised there aren't more now, but we know there are going to be plenty, about 10. Okay, let me put it this way. Since we're saying names, Philip Riley wasn't at the bowl game. Something has to go wrong for you not to be at the bowl game. He's not in the transfer portal. Isn't that weird? Yeah, no.
2: yeah right. Yeah, no, that's weird. The way we under, correct me if I'm wrong here, Pete Sampson. I mean, the way we understand, it, if they want to stay at Notre Dame and get a degree, you can do, that. Can do that.
1: Yeah, and as long as you're you're in good standing with everything, yes.
2: And 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 probably not play football for Notre Dame.
1: No, correct. That's not a possibility, right?
0: So it's like there's no I don't there's not a rush. I don't know why this is the only time we have to worry about a timeline with the I, but aren't bottom you, end I, of the portal.
2: Yeah, I but aren't you like Teo? I know you put you put out a, a a scholarship chart, and I mean you want to talk about what i I say the water under the bridge to flow between now and the roster yeah. in the fall is like a rampaging river. I, there's so much to happen, but I'm surprised there aren't more in the portal. I think you just said you are. Are you Pete Sampson?
0: I guess I, Put a I'm just sort of like,
1: I, I don't really have a reaction to it at all. I mean, okay. it's just like time, time will take care of it. Um, and these, the players who ultimately, I think move on, will be the ones that weren't playing at Notre Dame in the first place. So they're, you know, in terms of a, a Notre Dame football themed podcast, probably not guys who we're going to, we're going to talk a lot about.
2: I, I think, to- I think it, the, the question And questions about this that are being asked are more of a scholarship number question. Like, how are they going to get down? That is absolutely not
0: a problem. How they're going to get down. They've had the conversations with about eight to 10 of the people we mentioned, what their future is. I'm surprised some aren't in the portal. As Pete Sampson has said seven times this year, Jack Cohn came to Notre Dame after the national championship game, which is tonight. There'll be more portal stuff going on in the next couple of weeks. I would guess, I would have guessed at least three to four more names were already in the portal to be fair to the question. And the, uh, it's, it's a good question because I would have, I would have at least figured three more names that have not gone in yet would be in by now, but it's just a timing.
2: Yeah. A yeah. uh, timetable question. <laughs> uh, <love> <laughs> from, <laughs> I, I keep saying that I, I just, it, we, on the outside, putting a timetable on things on the inside is, is an exercise in futility most of the time. Question from RKID001. Who on the Notre Dame staff is tasked with monitoring the portal? Does each position coach bear that responsibility for his position group, or is there a, quote, GM-like role on the staff?
1: Um. I mean, mean, in the past, like, you know, Brian Polian would do it. Um, Your recruiting coordinator would handle it. I don't know if Chad Bowden manages that. I mean, the the portal is just, it's there. Um, But I think we've talked about this in the past. Like, if you're looking at the portal, hitting refresh, hoping like, oh, there's a defensive lineman. Like, you've already lost. Like, you need to know who's going into the portal before they go into the portal. Like, Notre Dame needed to know Sam Hartman was interested in coming to Notre Dame before Sam Hartman said, I'm entering the transfer portal. So uh I think it's you know, is that Bowden because he's the recruiting coordinator? It probably has a lot to do with it. Um, but uh you know, the position coaches, I think they're they gotta pound the pavement too and be like, Okay, who who's out there? Is this somebody I recruited? Is this somebody who I know who recruited? Is this somebody who I have a colleague who may be coached? Um you sort of got to call all sources on this stuff.
2: Why, why wouldn't Bill Reese be involved in this?
1: Yeah, Bill Reese too. Yeah, I,
2: I mean that—that's what he does. He looks at yeah, scouting, looks at opponents, he looks at recruits. He look, you know, I—I I have to imagine he's involved with this as well. Tim,
0: he's—he's yeah, he's the talent evaluator. That was my yeah. my number one. Okay, right. That—that that was. He's, I think he's. Yeah, the but but of, again, I, he's the I, I mean, of
2: it. I, you I would imagine that every position coach is responsible for looking at. Or I mean, it, yeah, like, and Mar- I mean Marcus Freeman's got a pretty the, big role in name, it, now,
0: right? Freeman has I a mean, big
2: role in it right now. He's got he's got the time to do it now. This is his time to hit it. You're talking about Marcus Freeman, Marcus Freeman. But I would think every position coach would, would yeah. I mean, wouldn't Al Washington want to know what what's out there? Uh, you you would think you would think he would. Question from. Uh, Tim, I know you're short on time here and I'm trying to get what we have. If you have to leave, I want to get to the last question. Okay, before I'm we, fine. I'm good. You have to, okay. Very good. Jason SCSM. Who do you feel was the most underappreciated player in the 2022 season? I think I threw out a name last week.
0: Who was your name last week? Yeah.
1: You said Josh slug. I think that. I said Josh,
2: absolutely. And I, I stand by that. I thought he was really, really good. The second half of the season. The exception I said was USC and everybody didn't really perform up to their level of expectation of themselves.
0: Um, Doing our top 40, Tim. Yeah. Well, if,
1: if I, if I can't say Josh slug, I'll go with. You would agree with that. You're saying, I think Josh slug is very underappreciated Jack Kaiser. I'll, I'll throw him out.
0: I'm going to go ahead and say Pete is actually correct on an opinion. It's hard to be correct on an opinion, Pete, but you're right. (laughs) Are you ready? All right. Jack Kaiser. 22 stuffs, one less than Isaiah Foskey on 240 fewer snaps. Five more than Marcus Leofau on 310 fewer snaps. Wow, yeah. Jack Kaiser, not that he should have played more at Rover because he was subbed out for Tariq Bracey, who was better than Jack Kaiser, to be fair to the coaching staff right now. But Jack Kaiser could have helped at will when... Maris Leofau had 310 more snaps and led the defense in snaps per play. Jack Kaiser makes plays and he always has. He always has. Wow. Now he That's... maybe is not big enough to go slamming into the line. That is part of run defense is filling your gap and being able to mark. Leofau a physical dude, but Jack Kaiser, think about those numbers on that many fewer snaps.
2: Yep. That's really impressive. Um, all right, but the most underappreciated player is JD Bertrand I just don't think that's even real yeah important. but
0: since he won MVP I decided not to use him okay yeah. that's <laughs> he can't no, be
2: underappreciated' is <laughs> <Well, laughs> on on the MVP well on, on, our on board. the inside yeah on the inside on the outside those numbers for Jack Kaiser are really really impressive and frankly as we uh as we launch our top 40 here today and count down for the next six days, um i underrated jack Kaiser. yeah i don't have, i i don't i should pay throughout the course of the season i should pay more attention to those stats that you keep but i have 8.3 million things to do over the yeah no of the it's season. better to and come I, from I, different it's better to come from different it. points so, of view
0: on these topics actually,
2: so. uh yeah but that no those are i mean i think both those guys are tremendously underrated how about somebody off the beaten path that maybe we
0: I mean, I, how about it, but, Zeke
2: how about Zeke Carell and the kind Carrell's of good he ended up having
0: yeah, Zeke Corral's good um, but what uh, Batello can't be underrated because he's beloved by heart message boards. Yeah. so it's yeah. not him yeah, he per play, Batello made a lot of me per snap but yeah, how
2: Howard, Howard Cross is probably a little underappreciated i I don't not to the extent of those guys. Um, can you say Drew Pine
0: or is that like verboten now?
2: well, no, I went I, I, it's I, tough because there's so him higher than you did to yeah.
0: So, Pete, I want to read this to you. This is where we're running over our top 40 here. Here's what happened with Drew Pine. He was bad, Marshall, worse, Cal, fine, Cal in the second half, great, North Carolina, very good, BYU, horrible, Stanford, did his job, UNLV, not good, Syracuse, was present in a victory, Clemson, great, Navy, impossibly bad, Navy, did his job against <laughs> BC, and then I thought good against USC. I don't know where to down. write that. I don't know where to write that.
2: Yeah, I know. I know. You made it sound like he was horrible against BYU. You meant against Stanford.
0: Yeah, I put BYU very good, horrible. Okay, Stanford, well, yeah.
2: you said you, you combined oh, that. My with, fault, my fault. So yeah. I just wanted to, wanted to clarify that. But yeah, I Pete, I think it's fair. I mean, <laughs> you know, I look, we were, when he was bad, we said he was bad. When he was good, he was good. You know, I, I, why does it. Like I think what we try to do is remove our emotion from it and just try to evaluate what happens on the field and what yeah. what he does and when it's when because I you know like when he was bad against Stanford I felt like two, like people threw through the North Carolina BYU game away well they happened and he was good and they were good yeah, that's true. And it was bad against Stanford. He was bad. Everybody was bad against Stanford. He was bad against Stanford. So we just try to evaluate it at face value. And yeah, I agree with you, Pete. I think he was underrated.
0: Clarence Uh, Lewis, too. Also
2: underrated. Clarence Lewis, too, as well. Okay, we have a basketball question. Then we're going to uh, talk about the national championship game real quick. Long question from Jay Maresco. Since you have stated there will be a coaching change in men's basketball... I guess I did to definitively state that. And pro- I probably shouldn't state it as definitively as I have. I just can't imagine that there won't be. Uh, what will the next two to four months look like? Will, will Mike Bray announce his retirement for the end of the season? Given the current roster, the 23 24 season will be a rebuild. Finding a new coach quickly will be crucial. Do you think the process of finding a new coach has started? And last question Do Starling and Lubin transfer? We need to address. All those things.
0: Um, I mean, Starling and Lubin transferring is always possible when you're losing Mike Brays. If you lose Mike Brays, coach, it, it's certainly possible. Uh, everybody transfers in college basketball. And when you lose your coach, there's a good chance you transfer. They have to find a way to retain those two. Otherwise, I don't know what the new coach will be doing next season because he won't be coaching a basketball team. Um, I, I think the process of finding a new coach has not anywhere near officially started because I don't think we should 100% act like Mike Bray's announcing retirement during the season. I don't think that's. No, they,
2: nor should he. I, I don't, I don't believe in that. I, I, that's unfair to him. I don't, I know some people will disagree with this. I don't think that that serves any purpose. I don't want him to do that personally. Um, the The rebuild is going to be huge. The number of transfers to be brought in is, Upward of five, I think. Uh, I mean, because look at all the guys you're losing. Uh, They really need to hold on to Starling and Lubin. That would be catastrophic. (laughs) Um, I think the process has started to some degree. And again, I don't, you know, I'm not, we're not in a position to say that he's defend. Mike Braid definitively is not going to be back. I hate to even talk about this to the extent that we are because we all love the guy so much personally, but there needs to be a change. He's a very self-aware guy. I would imagine that he sees the the writing on the wall because, you know, I mean, you're doing this with a very veteran basketball team and the turnover and the, the, the number of transfers that are going to be needed is huge. And all, I think all these things are in play. Help me out here. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm I pretty much agree now.
1: with everything that you said. Um, I, they're in a bad spot. They're in a really bad spot with basketball right now, and there's not, um, there's not an easy way out of it. There really is not. It's a, a I know basketball teams can get good right away. I think Notre Dame's, man, it's a, it's a it's gonna be a multi-year turnover um, after this season. I think.
2: Yeah, they haven't been. They haven't been getting destroyed. You know, I mean, they've lost two one point games. They they lost, but, you know, the only thing they flirted with against North Carolina was to cover the spread, and they didn't do that.
1: Yeah, but it's like, I mean, they're not conference games. They weren't good when they won. Except now, for Michigan
2: State, when that, I don't even know how that, other than Michigan State was down there at that time. Two best
1: players and played five games in two days or something. No, nah, no doubt.
2: And Notre Dame, Dame played So one time where you could say Notre Dame played 40 minutes of defense, but they're not going to do that again, and it's not going to get better. They have a game against Georgia Tech at home tomorrow night. Georgia Tech has been inconsistent but has reached up and bid a couple teams. Uh, it's all in play, and we anticipate something like that happening. A guy's name that has come up, and now I see other people are saying it, Sean Sweeney who has no head coaching experience on the collegiate level but he is a big time 38 year old uh NBA assistant who's going to be a head coach at some point soon revered within the NBA for his defensive acumen um the go-getter that he is i don't know if that's going to be realistic there are other coaches out there at drake and college of charleston who have who obviously have some some college experience doing it. Uh, but Sweeney's an interesting, interesting guy who, it, uh, what makes it even more interesting is he owns a house in South Bend because the Irish Catholic that grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota, is a big Notre Dame football fan and Notre Dame fan in general, and would, would probably take the job at Notre Dame if offered, but. You know, he doesn't, I, I, is Jack Swarbrick looking for a college coach with experience? Probably, uh, because that's what he was looking for in football when the program was in bad shape, when the job was given to Brian Kelly, who had tons of college experience.
1: That would be interesting because, I mean, Marcus Freeman earlier this year went, was in Dallas for an alumni event, spent some time with the Mavericks.
2: Spent time with Sean Sweeney at that Um, time,
1: yes. Yeah, I mean, mostly with Jason Kidd, but Sean Sweeney was there.
2: Um, He's Jason Kidd's, not to diminish the other coaches on the staff, but when Jason Kidd has, I don't know if I've said this on a, podcast, but when he said a COVID and B kicked out of a game, Sean Sweeney has been the, the, the acting head coach right. at that time. He's a really, really, really sharp guy and an interesting name, but I understand that there are more proven coaches out there. And so we'll see what happens with this. Okay. Last question. O'Malley has had to evacuate and he, he's given me his answer to the question, which is from indyfan fan. Are you guys taking or laying the 13 points tonight in the national championship game?
1: I am laying them. I don't, know, but,
2: I don't know if 13 is. There are various numbers. Excuse me, Pete. Yeah. 13 and
1: I a half, 14. I saw 13.5 last night. I thought about going for Georgia at that. Um, as I look at uh, FanDuel right now, it's still at 13.5. If I was going to make a wager, which I might not committing to it, I would take Georgia minus 13.5.
2: I think anytime you get above 13 and a half, that's when you, and Hey, look, I was blown away by how TCU played against Michigan and how, frankly, how poorly Michigan played, but TCU had a lot to do with that. Uh Matt, for the record, uh, O'Malley says he's going to lay the points at 13 and a half. I would anticipate I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, TCU's running back is banged up. Not that that necessarily sways me one way or another, but I would imagine at at 13 and a half, I will lay the points as well. Looking forward to it. Always look forward to the national championship game. And then, uh, then we turn the page at that point. It truly becomes the 2023 season at that point. So Pete, thanks. Glad to have you back. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. Once again, we'll be back on Monday, January 16th, I believe, unless there's a, Uh, a reason to change that. uh, Now, this has been Irish Illustrated Insider.